And good morning to everyone in Southeast Louisiana. It is play-by-play coming to you live here on this Thursday. Casey Jessica here with Coach Brian Colley. Man, we're already near the end of the week. Uh, the week has flown by. Christmas coming up on Monday. Um, hope everybody is enjoying their early holiday time. If you are out doing some last-minute shopping like I'm going to be doing later today, be safe on the roads, all that good stuff. But we got a fun 90 minutes of sports talk coming your way. We'll be live until um, it's probably a smidge after 1 o'clock. We've kind of developed a habit for going to about 102 or so. Uh, today we've got Cornell Scott of the Ellender Memorial Patriots boys basketball team. He'll be joining us at 1145. His team is coming to South Lafouche tomorrow in a game that you will be able to hear right here on KLEB. I think we're going to have a three-man crew there. I think it'll be myself, Coach Brian Colley, and the Turtle making the trip down the bayou for that one. Um then we've got Stan Gravois at 1215, who will be joining us. We'll chat with Stan about some basketball and some different things that are going on in the area. Also, the coaching carousel locally that um, mm. is beginning to heat up. We'll see if Stan has any intel that he's willing to share on the air. We'll kind of shake him down a little bit. We'll talk with Stan about the New Orleans Saints. They are playing the Los Angeles Rams tonight out in L.A., a game that you could catch on Amazon Prime, but also locally on WDSU Channel 6. Um Hopefully the Saints put on a good showing, but I don't know that they're going to on the road against the Rams. It's going to be a tough one, but we'll break that down a little bit later on. We'll talk about the LSU signing class, why I think it was a very good class despite the rate, uh, ranking. They were ranked like 10th or something like that. Fans get kind of blood hunger. They want to be in the top three or whatever. But I'll explain to you why there were some reasons that the Tigers didn't have a top class. There are some reasons why. Um, we'll get to that later in the show. Nichols signed eight, oh, excuse me, nine players, um, some local players, some really good pieces, and we'll talk about that. In this opening segment of the show, you guys know how we do it. We're going to break down the scores, but because it was a light score night, we're also going to give you a rundown of where our local teams sit in the power rankings. Because, look, it's easy for Brian and I in the first month of the season to kind of laugh and joke and cut up and say, oh, the numbers don't matter. Like when you start getting into the new year, the numbers do start to matter a little bit now. We're at about the midway point of the year, maybe a little less than that. We'll kind of break down what some teams are looking at and how they're doing and uh, who's got a boogie and who's, you know, maybe sitting pretty. We start off with the ladies scores from last night. These are December 20th girls basketball action. In district play, 7-5A, Hanville gets a road 57-34 win over Central Lafouche. Hanville gets a victory on the road against the Trojans. The Trojans drop to 0-1 in district play. Don't have the score here, but I can tell you that South Terrebonne did beat Terrebonne last night for the girls. I saw that shared. In fact, you know what? I'm going to tell you the score because I saw it on social media and I remember who posted it. So I'm going to tell you that right now. Uh, I know that the Gators did uh, get the victory there. They uh, defended their home floor against the Terrebonne Tigers. Let me see. Okay, the score for that one was 48-43. to South Terrebonne gets their win. It's their third win of the season. They only won one all of last year, so good on them continuing to work hard. They beat Terrebonne 48-43 to and get a victory there, so good job there. Ellender loses to Plaquemine yesterday. Listen to this. There's a football score here. 24 to 14, Plaquemine gets a win against Ellender. Wow. The, the one thing that I noticed, and look, Plaquemine's not a bad basketball team. They played Thibodeau close earlier this week. They beat South Lafouche uh, close earlier this week. Ellender has a really good ability of making, on the girls' side, making the game real ugly. They've got a lot of 21 to 16 games, they've got some 31 to 26. Like, they do a really good job of making the game ugly when they could play their pace and their tempo. 
they can hang with some teams. Yesterday, they fall by 10, 24-14 against Plaquemine. But boy, just imagine if that team could score. They would be so much more dangerous. Uh, Donaldsonville falls to Ascension Catholic yesterday on the girls' basketball side. Ascension Catholic gets a 48-13 win over Donaldsonville. And that wraps up our girls' scoreboard. So we now move to the boys' scoreboard where we could tell you that Destrehan and Donaldsonville were scheduled to play. No score was posted. We could tell you that East St. John got a 69-53 win over West Jefferson, a good win for East St. John. Hanville falls close over the Country Day Tournament to Edna Carr. Edna Carr beats Hanville 58-54. That's iron on iron there. That's two really good teams going and doing battle. But it's Carr who gets the better of Hanville there. Bruley gets a 69-38 win over Lutcher. Bruley's really strong this year. Boy, it feels like every time we're shouting them out, they're getting a win over somebody. And uh, they get a win over Lutcher by 30-plus last night. So a great win for them. Westgate and Patterson were scheduled to play. No score was posted. E.D. White rolls past Ascension Christian last night, 66-50. A good win for Coach Keefe and his team. The Patterson Lumberjacks. Um, didn't we say a minute ago that Patterson had a game that was not reported? Uh, well, my mistake, it was reported. I overlooked it. Um, no, 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 I apologize. I, I see what happened here. They are scheduled to have played twice yesterday. Once against Catholic of Baton Rouge, once against Westgate. Apparently, the Westgate game is postponed or canceled or whatever, but Patterson played Catholic of Baton Rouge yesterday and lost 49-45. to Catholic's usually like a top-28 caliber team. The fact that Patterson played them to within four is not a bad result for the Jacks. Our boy Richard Jones, they got a win last night. They defend their home floor and beat Patrick Taylor Sciences and Technologies 44-34. to Good on Coach Jones and his staff. You beat a 3A school. That's a good win for Coach Richard Jones and his team, getting a 10-point win defending their home floor. And that wraps up our local scoreboard for the boys and the girls yesterday. What you got there? I, I got, a, big I got old a score. Yeah, well, I got a score for you. Uh, Donaldsonville 70, Destrehan there you 46. Go. There you go. So that one we didn't have reported, but now we got it for you. Donaldsonville country, gets a win. Uh, country day bracket. In the Country Day Tournament. Um, let's start looking at some of these power rating numbers because now is that time where you kind of sort of have an idea of what's what. Start with the girls. Division One non-select. Right now, Hanville with a 13-2 and record is seated 14th if the playoffs started today. Division One non-select is ridiculous, man. You could be 13-2 and like Hanville is and barely be scratching the surface of a home game because that's a bracket with Walker, who's 16-0, Denham Springs, who's 15-2, Southside, who's 12-2. Like, There's nothing with powerhouses there. Thibodeau is comfortably in if the playoffs started today. They're number 19 with an 8-6 record. East St. John and Destrehan are 22-23, and 23 respectively, so they're looking pretty good. South Lafouche has some work to do. South Lafouche was in the top 28 at one time. They have caught the skids a little bit. They're 6-9. and nine. They've got a must-win game tonight at home against Bonneville. A Bonneville team that I think has five or six wins. So it would be a great chance for Coach Jenkins and her team to make some hay. They're sitting at 33. Central Lafouche is sitting at 36. Bourgeois, 37. South Terrebonne, 39. And Terrebonne, 41. All of those schools I just told you, Central Lafouche, Bourgeois, South Terrebonne, Terrebonne, it's going to be really hard for them in the back end of the season to make up enough ground to get to the top 28. Not impossible, but they've got an uphill climb for sure. Division two non-select for the girls. Uh, we have Lutcher sitting at number 20 with a 5-4 and four record. Uh, so Lutcher's made some improvements. The shocker here is that Ellender, not really a shocker when you know the roster turnover that they had, but they're sitting at 35th. It's going to be rough for them to get in. And an even bigger shocker to me was Assumption. Assumption made the playoffs last season, 
and returned a lot of key pieces. This year, they're 36th right now, and they're just 5-7, and seven, so it's been a tough go for them. And sitting at number 40 is Morgan City, who uh, is 2-10, and 10, and it's not looking like it's going to be a playoff season early in the go-round for them. Division two select Vanderbilt's currently seated as the, listen to this. We got some some big time beef here at the top. Vanderbilt's currently seated number two in Division two select with a six and five record. The Terriers have lost some games lately, but they're facing behemoths every night. Ed White is currently number three in Division two select. Boy, what a job from Coach Sanak and his staff. They have worked their way up to number three in the Division two select power rankings. Ed White and Vanderbilt play on Friday. Um, over at Nichols State University should be a great opportunity for both of those teams to try to flex their muscles a little bit. We go to Division Three, select. Homa Christian School has only played two games, but they're sitting at 24th right now with a 1-1 one one record. If the playoffs started today, they would be in. And Division Four select, we've got Central Catholic of Morgan City, who is sitting at number 9 with just a 2-6 and six record. That tells you the kind of schedule they've yeah. played. You're number nine with a two and six record, and then trailing them is CCA, who's number sixteen in the state right now with an eight and four record. Uh, Coach Carey and that team are doing an excellent job. Now we go over to the boys, Division One non-select for the boys. Hanville sitting at number eight right now, comfortably in nine and five record. They would, the wheels would have to fall off for them to not be a playoff team. HL Bourgeois sitting at number fifteen. They're ten and five overall. If the Braves stay hot in district play, they could very much so improve themselves because of the strength of their non-district schedule. They're going to get a bunch of schedule points. Terrebonne sitting at number 20 right now with an 11-5 record. The Tigers would be on the road if the playoffs started today. Central Lafouche is in as of now. They are at 25 with an 8-3 record. So the Trojans got to stay in the top 28. So far, so good. East St. John is sitting at number 35 with a 4-6 record. Thibodeau, 37 with a 5-7 record. And then rounding out the bottom, South Lafouche is at 40th with a 2 and 6 record. South Terrebonne, 41st with a 2 and 8 record. And Destrahan, 42nd with an 0 and 11 record. South Lafouche, South Terrebonne, Destrahan, Thibodeau, like it, it's go time right now. Uh, you don't have any margin for error anymore. If you want to get into the top 28, you better start winning and you better start winning a bunch right now. Even though it's pre Christmas, you know this, the way that these numbers work, it, it's, it's time to go if you're not in the 30s right now. Yeah, you can't wait much longer, especially uh, when district starts and. Uh, with HL Bourgeois, I think uh, a tough non-district schedule and their district schedule is going to be tough also. So uh, I think uh, Bourgeois is sitting in good in a good spot right now. Yeah, I agree with you. Division two non-select, we have Lutcher, who's sitting at 23 right now with a 4-6 and six record. So if the playoffs started today, Lutcher would be in. If the playoffs started today, Morgan City would be in. They're 26th overall in Division two non-select with a 5-8 and eight record. Ellender's at 32nd with a 4-11 and 11 record. They've got a little room to go to try to improve, but they're only really like a point or so behind, so they could definitely make up that gap if they get hot. Assumption's 0-9. They're struggling. They're at 41st. It's likely not going to be a playoff year for them. Division 2 select. We have the Vanderbilt Catholic Terriers, who are sitting at number 8 right now with a 7-2 and two record. The Division 2 select bracket is just brutal. We already told you this. Shaw, Madison, Prep, Lafayette, Christian Carver, Peabody. Like, I mean, it, it's... It's absurd how good Division II Select is. E.D. White is currently sitting at number 12 with a 7-2 and record on the season. E.D. White hasn't played the most challenging schedule, but they're doing what they have to do. They're winning the games that are on that schedule, and good on them, they're 7-2 and in the early stages. Division Three Select, you got Homa Christian School, who is sitting at, let's see, they're currently at 30th right now, so they've got some work to do to get into the top 24. But Homa Christian School also is in a very small district. 
and they could potentially win that district, which would give them an automatic berth if they could uh, pull that off. They're six and four on the season. Then we go to Division Four. Central Catholic of Morgan City, despite a two and five record, is sitting at number eight. Well, that's what happens when you play five A schools over and over and over again in non district play. And then Covenant Christian Academy is sitting at number sixteen right now with a six and four record. How about the job Coach Troy Jackson has done, man? They, uh, we know they're waiting on some dudes. Yeah. We, we know the, the the story and all the different things that are going on there. Um, so the fact that they are in position right now with a six and four record and they've won a bunch of games in a row here. Good on Coach Jackson and his team, man, because there's, we know the future's bright, but the present isn't too shabby either. Yeah, doing a great job over there early on. And you're right, next year just going to get better and better for him, waiting on a few kids. and uh, But you play this year, and he's doing a, uh, a good job this year. Let's catch our first break of the show. When we get back, we're going to Coach Cornell Scott of the Ellender Patriots. His team is coming to the tank tomorrow to try to take down South Lafouche. We'll have Cornell on to talk about the Ellender Patriots. It's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this. 3T Oil Change is an efficient, quick-loop service that offers oil changes for gas and diesel engines, brake tags, tire sales and services, engine and cabin air filters, bulb replacement and wiper blades with the convenience of a drive through No appointment necessary. 3T Oil Change on Main Street and Cutoff. Call 798-7401. Proud supporter of South LaFouche Sports. 3T Oil Change says, go Tarpons! Time is money. Don't waste both running around looking for filters, batteries, and belt sand related items. Fleet Supply Warehouse delivers. Fleet Supply offers daily scheduled delivery, including Bayou Lafouche, New Orleans, Morgan City, New Iberia, Lafayette, Thibodeau, Baton Rouge, the North Shore, plus the River Parishes, too. Automotive, lawn equipment, agricultural, marine, or industrial. Fleet Supply Warehouse, 985-868-0430. Venture Boulevard, Homa. Remember, water safety isn't just for the summer months. Water safety is a year-long commitment to our family and friends as well as our community. A few safety tips to remember. Be mindful of children when there is any water around, whether it be pools, ponds, lakes, bathtubs, or the bayou. Keep all bodies of water secure with fences, gates, and covers when not in use. Drowning does not discriminate. It happens to people of every age and swimming ability. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year from the Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation. Lady of the Sea Community Pharmacy staff are trained in finding the lowest cost available on your medication. Stop by with your prescriptions or medicine bottles and let one of us review your options with you. With two convenient locations to serve you, we're located in Rouse's Supermarket, Highway 3235 in LaRose, or at Lady of the Sea Medical Clinic in Cutoff. Our staff available Monday through Friday from 8.30 a.m. to 7 p.m. and Saturdays 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. We treat you like family at Lady of the Sea. Welcome back to Play by Play. We hope everybody is enjoying their Thursday as much as we are. We're having a good time in the studio, and it's always a good time when we could go to the phone lines and have Ellen, their boys, basketball coach, Coach Cornell Scott on the line. Coach, good morning, buddy. How we doing? Hey, good morning. How you doing? Good, man. Look, your team's coming to play in the tank tomorrow. It's an Ellender team that has played a little better as of late. You're 3-2 and two in your last five games. You got a victory over Como, Abbeville, Homa Christian, and lost close to Bro Bridge and, and lost close to Westgate. So you guys are starting to make some improvements, man. Tell us about the way you guys have been playing. I 
guys, they're coming along, you know, and we know it's going to be a process. Uh, you know, we just stay in the course, and uh, the guys have been working hard. So I'm pretty proud of them. They kind of got a couple of wins and lost two close ones that I think that were winnable games for us. But, uh, you know, I'm proud of the guys the way they're playing. Talk about what it's like coaching a team with that much youth, man. You've mentioned to us several times here on the show, I mean, you got a, a ton of freshmen and underclassmen and, you know, you've also had some teams that were very senior heavy. How do you got to coach this team as compared to a team that would have more experience? Uh, I got to coach them as though they don't know because they really don't. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so we just kind of, you know, we're doing a lot of teaching and, and, and kind of building our culture the way we want it. But, you know, I really love it. And my coach and I kind of talk about it all the time that, you know, these are a bunch of good guys that uh, really work hard. And uh, once they once it starts clicking – and I see us turn the corner. It's really going to be pretty something special there. You guys are currently at number 32 in Division Two non-select, but the gap between you guys and 28 is not that much. If you win some games here coming, you, you guys are going to maybe be able to get into the postseason. How important would it be for a young group, whether you guys are one of the last teams in or not, how important would it be for a young group just to be able to taste that playoff atmosphere and know that, hey, in the future, man, let's go do this again and again and again? Yeah, that's the thing. You know, uh, we we do want to get there, and, and I do want them to taste it. I know it's not it's not going to be our time, but I kind of want them to feel what it's like to be in that kind of atmosphere, and you know, uh, what it, what it means to get there. And uh, it's it's not just given, but uh, they're working hard. So you know, we're trying to get there, and we're trying to play. Uh, but if we don't, you know, it's it's not a loss for us because you know we knew what kind of season it was going to be coming into it. So. Uh, I'm just proud of them that they're working hard trying to get there, and uh, they understand what they have to do. What are some areas specifically that you guys are working on? Obviously, it's been a little bit of a struggle offensively for you guys at times. I thought sometimes that I've watched your defense was actually pretty good. What are some areas in practice that you guys are pinpointing to try to make some improvements? Uh, well, you know, we always work on our defense, but uh, with this group, I think it's the score. And, you know, no, no one has really set themselves apart. I have a couple of guys that can score it, but uh, just at this at this age, they don't know how to score it. And uh, I think that's the one of the things that I'm kind of showing them where to to get points in the offense and 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 how to go about uh, just taking pressure and and using that against the other team. Coming to South Lafouche tomorrow, they're kind of in the same boat as you. They're a little younger. They're kind of rebuilding. But they're going to be at home, and I know you've said many times on this show you love come and play at the Tank because it's a good character-building opportunity for your team. Look, man, the, the crowd wouldn't have bothered a you know uh, you know some of your great players, Tay Martin and you know Mosley, like they wouldn't have got bothered by this. But your younger crew, how do you make sure that they're ready to go and they're not trying to do too much? Uh, just just that that's kind of hard, you know, because going in there is a different kind of atmosphere and and. You know, like Coach Cali, I I love going in there because uh, you know they get to see that kind of atmosphere, and I want them to see it early, uh, early and often. But uh, you know, just kind of settle them down, and 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 hopefully that it's not so, so bright for them that they can't take it. But uh, you know, that's that's the kind of atmosphere that we want to play in. So uh, you know, step up and play. Brother, I saw a picture shared on social media yesterday that, um, man, I got, I'm not going to lie to you, it, it made me sad. It was the inside of y'all's gym. Uh, man, that thing's tore up. The floor's all tore up. There's some stuff, all, like there's still debris all over the place. 
we knew it was bad, right? I mean, we've all seen pictures of the main campus out there, but just to see the gym in that shape, I ain't going to lie to you. It made me sad, bro. I'm sure you saw the same picture. Uh, that gym's hurting, man. I see it every day. I sit outside of it, and I, I don't go inside no more, but uh, it is. It is. It's, it's hurting. You know, we need something done with it. You know, I'm, I'm not on that committee, so uh, I just got to wait my time and, and wait for the uh, powers that be. But uh, I hope something happens soon. Yeah, for sure, man. Look, there's something being floated right now uh, by the executive committee of the LHSA, which would give student-athletes a free one-time transfer opportunity where you could go to another school not have to sit out and you'd be immediately eligible, kind of like what college is doing. This makes me a little nervous. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, what are your thoughts as you're seeing this play out? Uh, you know, I just, as it goes, you know, that's kind of the culture that we're in now. Kids, you know, they kind of flock to one, uh, you know, and, and groups may go with each other. And, and just, you know, that could be a dangerous thing because you, you will have some kids that, that's going to want to go somewhere. So it may help some programs. It may hurt other programs. But, uh, you know, that's that's just one of those things that uh, that transfer port, like in college, is, is just is building a monster, and, and I don't think people really understand that. That's crazy, man. Look, before we let you go, what are some keys to victory? What are some things you guys got to do to come on the road and beat the Tarpons tomorrow? Uh, we got to handle the pressure. We got to handle the crowd. We got to uh, stay within ourselves. And, and if we play our game, you know, I think my guys are coming along. Hopefully they'll be okay. Sounds like a winner, bro. Thanks so much for the time. Good luck, and we'll see you tomorrow, buddy. Hey, thank you all very much. Yep. Have a good one. You too. That is Coach Cornell Scott doing a good job. Um, young group. They're 4-11. and They're starting to get better and better as the year goes on. They played Westgate and only lost by 10. Westgate's a, you know, they're only 1-3. They just started, but they have some close losses to quality competition. Um, tomorrow, it's very simple. you got two teams that struggle to score. Who's going to have the hot night shooting? Who's going to be able to make that corner three-pointer? Who's going to get that and one? Whichever team is more comfortable offensively, I think, is going to be the team that wins. And if South Lafouche could stay disciplined in their offense, I think they could get the young Patriots out of position and maybe be the team to get some of those layups and those opportunities. But I think it's going to be um, whichever team – sounds stupid to say whichever team scores the most is going to win. Whichever team is the most comfortable on offense is going to be, I think, the team that's going to get the win. Yeah, I agree 100%. And uh, I think you, you're right. If the, the Tarpons can run offense and stay patient a little and, and not confuse, but just um, catch the, uh, the Patriots when they have a breakdown on defense and take advantage of it, I think the Tarpons uh, can score a few points there. And a big key is going to be to stop Ellinger's uh, transition. Take care of the basketball and stop. Do not let Ellen to come down and shoot layups on you. I uh, I don't know if you saw this yesterday, but it was posted on social media. I'm going to show you now. That's that's the house of pain right now. Um, it's uh, it ain't looking good. I mean, the floor is all messed up. There's still debris and stuff, and like it ain't looking good. Hopefully, and look, we're not calling anybody out. We're not blaming anybody. I mean, the storm happened. We were we didn't know the damage would be as extensive as it was. But they've been playing a terrible now for three seasons, man. Like we gotta, we gotta get some movement here because, dude, look, it's easy for a South Lafouche person such as myself to say, "Oh man, I hated going there." You know, never had any success going there. Blah blah blah. Whatever you would say, 
it's still a huge part of our local high school basketball scene. I love going to games there, and it doesn't even look like we're close to getting back anytime soon. No, not from that picture. And it, it, look, it takes time, and you're right. I mean, not blaming anyone. It's just uh, when you uh dealing with FEMA, you had <laughs> enough said. You, you at their <laughs> mercy. I mean, they. Uh, it, it's tough, and I know everyone in Terrebonne Parish they want to get this thing done but again uh, FEMA has their own timeline and you have to follow their guidelines and it it takes time some sometimes you may get lucky and it's quicker and in this case it's just taking a a little bit longer but uh, hopefully soon they can get back to playing in in that house of paint because it is a it's a it's, it's good for high school basketball in our area no doubt and look, it's good for high school basketball in the area, and it'll make things easier at Terrebonne, too. I mean, they've been yeah. so extremely gracious and that they've lent their gym to Ellender, and they they've did it without a complaint. But I'm sure at some point they would like to not have to juggle schedules and different things like that. So I think it'd be good for everybody all around. Hopefully we could get them back into their gym soon. Hopefully we could get South Terrebonne back into their gym soon because you know, you did it. You lived it. I didn't. Um, the process of being on the road all year long for everything, practice included, that's not any fun, man. No, it's it's tough. I mean, a lot of traveling. And uh, when I was doing it, we played at Central. I wanted to practice where we were going to play our games. So a lot of times we went to Central uh, whenever they were done with their practices and, and we'd practice there. And uh, with Mr. Kirk Crosby, right after the storm, stepped up and tremendous. It saved us a lot of time on the road, and but it's uh, you're away from home. It it it, uh, it makes it difficult, and just the, the job that uh, Cornell's doing, handling all this is uh, remarkable. Want to shout out some Lady Tarpon soccer players who had some success in getting a win over East St. John a couple nights ago. My of course my app here is not low. Oh, here we go. South Lafouche BD St. John eight to nothing. They got their second straight win. They're three eight and three eight and one on the season. These are the the Lady Tarpons. Uh, shout out to Miley Mejia had a hat trick, which for those not familiar with soccer, that's three goals. Audra Davis had two goals. Sophie Punch, Emma Martin, and Mackenzie Billiot each had goals. And Jennifer Bew and Zemena uh, Galicia also had assists. And also congratulations to the Tarpon boys who in that same night got a two to one match victory over East St. John's and proved to three and five. So Tarpon's girls get a big win. Tarpon's boys get a big win. Congratulations to the soccer folks. We don't want to leave you guys out. We don't want to forget y'all. And uh who Miley Mejia, three goals in one night. That's uh, that's great work for the Lady Tarpons. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. Uh we'll, we'll maybe try and get uh some of those coaches yes. on soon. Absolutely. We'll try to make that happen. I know it's sure. tough with it's out with uh Lonnie Roos with teaching. I know in the past he was off early in the, uh, in the morning, so it may be a little rough to get him, but we'll, we'll try and work something out. No doubt. Let's catch a break. When we get back, we'll talk about National Signing Day. I'll tell you why. I think LSU's class was very good despite it being just ranked 10th or 11th or whatever. I'll tell you why I think Nichols' class was very good. And then we got Stan at 12:15. So we got a fun lunchtime hour planned. It's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this. While inventory is growing, prices are dropping at Golden Motors. Come to Golden Motors and check out the new 2023 Chevrolet Silverado. 
with the all-new technology and improved great fuel economy. Whether you're looking to tow your boat or camper, or if it's just you for your daily commute, the confident and towing capability is there for you. Check out the new 2023 Chevy Silverado at Golden Motors, 15101 Highway 3235 and Cutoff, The Back Road, 325-1000. Chevy, find new roads. Price is priority. Absolute Fitness wants to welcome our community to come back and check us out. You'll discover an amazing environment and a friendly and welcoming staff at Absolute Fitness. We have a 12,000 square foot facility with all new top-of-the-line equipment, new saunas, an amazing smoothie bar, personal trainers, and much, much more. Absolute Fitness offers many types of very competitive memberships along with a dual membership with our proud partner, CrossFit Brackish. Absolute Fitness at 17092 West Main Street, Hello, friends and family. Taylor Griffin here, back again to talk about Dufresne building materials. Did you know that we have a new updated online order system called Dufresne Easy Buy? Come see us at dufresnelumber.com to check it out and get you started with a free quote. We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the do-friend difference. Energize your business with Bayou Black Electric Supply in Homa. When you're elbow deep in a job, the last thing you need is to lose time and money fetching electrical supplies. Bayou Black Electric will deliver your items to the job site. There's daily scheduled service throughout South Louisiana, Lafouche, Terrebonne, Morgan City, New Iberia, and Lafayette. Plus the River Parishes too. If you need parts, call Bayou Black Electric Supply. 985-223-8807. Highway 311 in Homa. It was really a tale of two signing days yesterday, um, and it, it's really not that either school did bad or better or anything like that. It's just at the elite Power Five levels, um, they're using the December signing period to sign everybody. Yeah, look, if I start doing jumping jacks, just my don't man, mind, man. My man, Coach Brian Colley, is freezing. Got a vent hit, man. Here in the studio, we do have some ice uh, icicles coming out of the vents here. Um, so, yeah, no, LSU's goal in the early signing period is to take all of your commitments, get them all signed. You don't even have to worry about February. You could spend December and January working the portal. And if there's a little line yap that you could get in February, then then great. And in LSU's case, they're going to try to be getting Dominic McKinley, who's currently a, uh, a Texas commitment. They're going to – or Texas A&M commitment, rather. They're going to be trying to swing him over. But with Nichols, it's a little different they still recruit on the old school way, which is you get a handful in the early signing period, you hit the ground running super hard in December, January, February, and pick up some uncommitted prospects along the way. Nichols announced nine signees yesterday, um, and I think that they targeted some positions of need, and I think it's super impressive that all but a handful of them are from Louisiana. They got a mid-year signee from Joseph Bradford, an offensive lineman who's from Mississippi Gulf Coast, played at St. Stanislaus, which is where Miles Brennan played. Uh, then in their high school signees, they took Talon Bingham from Terrebonne High School, 6'3", 315-pound home native Terrebonne High School guy. He's a defensive lineman. They took offensive lineman Jacob Carpenter from Evangel. 
They took defensive back from University Lab, Marcus Dawson, big size for a DB, 6'3", 185. That's a good get. Kelvin Gray, an offensive lineman from East Ascension, 6'3", 330. Paxton LaFont from E.D. White, 6'4", 200. Paxton is a big-time playmaker for the Cardinals. Has had a wonderful season. Oh, don't do that to me. My man, we get, look, I'm not even going to say what Brian was doing. I, I'm going to get freaked out, and I'm going to have to I'm leave. Just the, checking it. Shane Lee of Destrahan. <laughs> Boy, if you guys knew what went on here while we did the show. <laughs> Shane Lee of Destrahan, uh, 5'10", 200-pound running back, good player. Anthony Rogers, a defensive back from Laurel, Mississippi. And Preston Welch, a quarterback from Turlings Catholic. Cerebo and the crew um, get a lot of good players. And then how about this? I know I mentioned and I talked to him up yesterday. Preston Welch, quarterback from Turlings Catholic. Listen to these stats. In his high school career, threw for more than 8,000 yards passing with 91 touchdowns and 78% completions. He passed up Jake DeLome for the top passer in the history of Turlings Catholic. He was All-State, All-Acadiana, and All-District his senior year and played in an All-Star game this past weekend, the I-10 All-Star Bowl football game, threw for six touchdowns and one MVP. That is a big get. That dude had the FBS offers. Preston Welch has an opportunity to be the starting quarterback in Thibodeau for a long time. That was a wonderful signing from Nichols, in addition to everybody else that they brought in. So good on Coach Rebo and his staff. They took care of business yesterday on signing day. Yep. You expect that to happen year in, year in and year out with Coach Rebo. <clears throat> Just uh, another great signing class. And looking forward to uh, in February to see how many more they're going to add. Yeah, it's going to be a bunch more. And hopefully there's some more local names there. LSU had a 27-person uh, class. Everybody that was committed signed. There was no drama. There was nobody who decommitted. There was nobody who went anywhere. All 27 of their commitments signed. The thing about the Tigers class that I like, and look, a lot of people are poo-pooing, oh, it's only the number 10 class, so it's not a good class. I think you got a lot of the stuff that you needed. Your best player maybe in the class is a tight end, Tredez Green. That's a position that Brian Kelly uses a whole lot of. You need defensive backs. Okay, well, you signed one, two, three, four, five defensive backs, six defensive backs. You need better play at the lines of scrimmage. You got a ton of offense and defensive linemen. And Brian Kelly said, hey, man, maybe it's not the sexiest class with a bunch of five-star players and a bunch of you know extremely gifted playmakers on the edges or whatever, but he said we needed to fix certain things, and they fixed the things that they needed to fix. Um, which is defensive back and play at the line of scrimmage. I think this is a good class. I'm super excited. I think a lot of these kids have an opportunity to play right away. I don't pay too much attention to these recruiting rankings, man, because that's the type of stuff that gets Texas A&M into trouble. Oh, you got the number one class, but then half of them are gone. I think getting guys who are going to fit your system and guys that you could retain and keep throughout the course of their career is more important than any number that somebody else has thrown out there. Who, who comes up with these rankings about okay, number one class and it that doesn't mean anything it's it's what fits your team and it uh, LSU's 11 or 12 big deal they went out and got the people who they need to fit their needs it, it the rankings don't mean a whole lot so right now and this just just goes to illustrate this point right 
right now, if you go to the transfer portal rankings, which they, they rank that now, who's got the best class of transfers, Colorado is number one in the country. They've got 16 guys who were at other schools who are now committed to go to Colorado. One of them is an offensive lineman. Remember Dion? Oh, I, I got to replace my whole <laughs> offensive line. They're not recruiting for need. They're just getting anybody willing to show up and say, hey, I want to play at Colorado. They got safeties and linebackers and receivers, and it's all well and good. Your weakness this year was offensive line. You didn't sign any offensive linemen. Um, so that's just a great example. Like, it, it, go. It, what's, it's more important to get the stuff you need than just the stuff that's flashy and I think Babe fell into that trap at the end of his tenure. Oh, there's a five-star. Let's go get him. I don't care if we got 10 other ones. Let's go get him. And you were leaving holes in your roster as a result of it. But I think out of the 16 that transferred, I think, what, 14 of them were undefeated and they're in their fights in practice. <laughs> their win-loss record <laughs> yeah. is good in their fights in practice. Insane. It is insane. Um, looking around the rankings across the country, there's no big surprises, man. Georgia was number one. Alabama was number two. Texas, number three. That's a little surprising. Miami, four. Oregon, five. Ohio State, six. Auburn, seven. The team that lost the day the most yesterday was the Florida Gators. They, at one time, had a top four or five class, and everything was going great. They sagged back down to number 15 because they lost some guys to some other schools. They had the chaos day that LSU didn't have. They lost some guys that they had signed up. Um Old Napier better win a bunch of games next year because his saving grace was, oh, man, I'm recruiting at a high level. Look, I got a top three class. Well, the class kind of collapsed on him a little bit, and I think that seat got a little bit hotter yesterday. Wow. Will he make the start of the season? Yeah, I think he'll get there. But whew, when you look at their schedule, I don't know how long he's going to last once, once he gets there. Well, we were saying that earlier this year. Their schedule this year – First three or four games was brutal. This coming season, Florida's schedule is come on now. Doggone pop up ads. Okay, they open with Miami in the opener. <laughs> Snow barrel monkeys. Then you play Samford. You should win that easy. Then you're playing Texas AM at Mississippi State. That's always a tough place to play. Then you got to buy. Then you're playing Central Florida, who's pretty damn good. At Tennessee, then Kentucky, who has dominated you in years past, including this year. Then you got another bye. Then listen to this final stretch, their final five games, with their coach who will likely be coaching for his job in his final five games. Georgia at Texas, LSU, Ole Miss at Florida State. That is a brutal November. Not winning any one of them. It's a brutal November for them, and they very well could lose every one of those games, which makes the first seven games of the season for them vitally important. Yeah, I don't know that he's going to survive that. He he better go five and two, six and one in those first seven. I can't disagree with you, man. That's uh that's that's a brutal, brutal schedule, man. Florida always has everybody in the SEC has it tough, but that is an absolutely brutal schedule for them. Tonight we got the New Orleans Pelicans, Womp Womp. They're playing out in Cleveland. They're actually favored to win because the Cavs have a bunch of injuries. They're 16 and 12. Hopefully the Pels can take care of business and get to 17 and 12 on the season. Zion Williamson, I got to check the injury report. Oh, of course he's there. He's questionable with an illness. Um, I hope he plays. It's exciting to watch him play, but boy, 
The dude loves to be on the injury report. Hopefully the Pels could take care of business on the road there, two-and-a-half-point favorite tonight against Cleveland. Time to make a move with him. It's enough. You're done? Yep. How about the Lakers, dude? The Lakers sold out to try to win this in-season tournament and get $500,000 for all the players and all this craziness. Well, kudos to them. They won it, right? I mean, they, they beat Indiana, and they, they, they won the in-season tournament. Since then, they've not been very good. Since that time, they have won, let's see, one out of five. They got blown out by Chicago last night. They're playing at Minnesota tonight. They got a stretch coming up where they got to play Oklahoma City and Boston, and they're 15 and 13 right now. Like the King hung himself a regular season banner, which I've never seen before. But the King also used a lot of gasoline in the tank, and it's going to hurt them come playoff time, this stretch that they're in. I think the Lakers sold out a little too heavy for a tournament that really doesn't matter a whole lot. That's just me. It's good. I love it. I love it too. Hopefully, Minnesota and Brandon Brown's team hammer them tonight. Minnesota is one of the great stories in the NBA. They're twenty and six, and they're off to a great start. They're not as good as you know, say like the Clippers, who won last night again. Uh, but the Timberwolves are a great story, no doubt, in the NBA. Let's catch a break. When we get back out of the break, we're going to talk to Mister Stan Gravois. The coaching carousel is a spinning, and we will see if Stan has any inside information on that. As well as we'll talk about the LSU bowl game and the Saints playing tonight. At the bottom of the show, Brian and I will talk about the Saints playing tonight out in Los Angeles. So we got a fun 45 minutes ahead. It's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this. This is Congresswoman Julia Letlow here to ask you a few important questions. Do you need help with a federal agency? Are you having trouble getting a passport or receiving your full federal tax refund? Are you a veteran who is not receiving full benefits? Is there a policy area you're passionate about and you want to make sure your voice is heard? If you relate to any of these issues, our office is here to help, so don't hesitate to ask for assistance. Contact our office at letlow.house.gov. Let us assist you today. Paid for with official funds for the office of Julia Letlow. State Bank and Trust Company has provided Cajun banking served just the way you like it for now 70 years. State Bank offers a wide variety of modern conveniences without having to sacrifice that personal touch that we all know and love. So stop by today and get a taste of Cajun banking and be met by a smiling, familiar face who loves our area as much as you do. That State Bank and Trust Company still standing strong after 70 years of loyal service to our community. Happy Holidays from Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat and Homa. Join us for the Wrap Up the Year sales event. Tis the season to get a great deal on a Ram or new commercial truck, van, car, or SUV. Southland Dodge has the perfect vehicle for your business or personal use. It is the December to remember, so get a great deal on your dream car, SUV, or truck today at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat, 6161 West Park Avenue in Homa. It's beginning to look a lot like savings. Today's Medical Minute is provided to you by Thibodeau Regional Health System. Hello, I'm Billy Nakian, the Director of the Spine Center of Excellence at Thibodeau Regional. Have you had a recent neck or back injury? Or have you been suffering with recurrent neck and back pain? Have you been searching for relief? Thibodeau Regional has developed a unique approach to treating neck and back disorders. The Spine Center of Excellence provides a comprehensive, patient-centered approach to ensure that you receive the right care at the right time from the right provider. The Spine Center is different because it offers centralized access to multiple specialties and services. Patients and their referring physicians are led by a nurse navigator through a process of assessment and treatment, individually tailored to the patient's unique condition. 
In addition to total care coordination, the Spine Center's comprehensive services include everything from high-tech diagnostic imaging to physical therapy, surgery, alternative medicines, and chronic pain services. If you're experiencing back or neck pain, call today, 985-493-4501. The Spine Center of Excellence of Thibodeau Regional will put you on the path back to your normal routine. This Medical Minute was sponsored by Thibodeau Regional Health System, nationally recognized for providing the highest level of quality care and patient satisfaction. Welcome back to Play by Play here. It is Thursday, so that means it's time for our Terrebonne General Thursday interview with Mr. Stan Gravois, who is on the line now. Stan, good afternoon, buddy. How are we doing today? I am doing well. Hope you guys are doing well also. We are, buddy. Uh, look, it's a fun time of the year uh, because we got a coaching carousel spinning a little bit. Locally, we've got a couple of jobs that are open, which you know how this works. When those jobs get filled, it might create openings at other places and so on and so forth. Um, two pretty good ones in the in the semi-local area. You got Hanville that's open. You got Vanderbilt that's open. In the periphery, Morgan City is open. So I'm very excited and interested to see probably after the holidays when these spots get filled. I think that's when it's going to happen for the most part because, remember, it's a, it's a year-round thing for a lot of these sports, and obviously you're going to have a lot of kids who are going to be wondering who's where. And It also matters related to what school you're going to go to because a lot of those schools want to be, make sure that they have somebody in place so that the kids are not sort of confused going forward. Uh, as far as, you know, names flying around, you have a lot of the usual suspects, but there are, uh, you know, a few other people in there that, you know, you always find out you're a little bit surprised by things. And uh, it's interesting. I had to kick him out the door right before Brian called. Uh, Aaron Babin was here, and I'm picking his brain to see, you know, who's out there, who's staying what, who's interested in what. And even Aaron, you know, because Aaron is the guy who was at Vanderbilt Catholic, who's from Central LaFouche, so that's right on the doorstep of Hornville. The one thing, and I'll share this, which he did say about Hornville, Hornville's got some heavy hitters who I understand are applying for that job. They got some guys who were ex of the River region who are interested in coming back. They have a lot of guys from the metro area that are interested in going there, and as you, Brian, and I talk sometimes, we certainly can understand why because they have all the resources and they have a lot of money. So uh, that's going to be the situation with them. Vanderbilt a little different. A few names have sort of got thrown in the pot, and I would venture to say that even Aaron is interested in listening to what's going on at Vanderbilt. Uh, the one thing about Vanderbilt that I think people have to take into consideration, and, and Aaron brought that to light to me just a while ago, is that that staff was made up of tons of ex-head coaches, yep. guys who have been around for a while. You know, Tommy Boudreaux, Coach Millett, who was over at Morgan City High School, uh, Blight Wonstow, who was a head coach at one time at South LaFouche. Uh, you also have uh, Brad Villavasso, right, who was a head coach at Vanderbilt. Lance Leday was on that staff, who was a head coach at Vanderbilt and, of course, had a very good career at other schools, Destrahan being one of them. He was telling me that some of those guys, they're ready to hang it up, like, Whoever comes into Vanderbilt is going to have to sort of structure a staff. So there are some other items that go in with that. So I'm a little curious. Uh, 
to see what's going to happen with that. Again, I don't think that, uh, and I don't think I'm giving anything away. I, I, I think that Aaron, who was that man, but at one time, would be interested in listening to what exactly is going to happen there. Uh, but that one sort of seems to be the usual suspects from around the area, except for one name that I shared with you, Casey, which we're not going to share here. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, <laughs> but that, that kind of threw me for a loop a little bit. And then, you know, it makes it even more interesting, and this is because of something you wrote, Casey. What, what, does, does Brock Mathern want to come back to this area? You know, is that something that might be in the cards for him? So, it, yeah, it's going to get real interesting. I, I got some insight there. Brock Mathern is going to be the head football coach at East Ascension. I will say this, too. Let me add to that since you threw East Ascension. So now we're pulling that thread, right? <laughs> so East Ascension was open, and you mentioned that he was going to go there. I talked to Tyler Lewis yesterday. I had to go to Terrebonne uh, day before yesterday on Tuesday, and we're talking, and, you know, I'm asking Tyler, because I, I don't know if a lot of people realize this. Tyler lives in Laplace, so he travels to Homa every day. And I said, does this get old? Is this things you're looking at? Listen, you're a river guy, or you're looking at Hornville. And he made the comment, no, I'm not looking at Hornville. And he also reiterated that there's some big-time guys that are looking into Hornville. Uh, he said, but he did get a call from East Ascension when they were kind of looking around at that time. So I think what we don't realize is, is we think we're in this little insulated world down here, and what's happening out there is not going to matter to us. But if one of our guys takes off and goes to any one of those places, it starts a domino effect. No doubt. Look, signing day is always a lot of fun. Yesterday we had Kylan Billiot inked with LSU, Talon Bingham inks with, Nichol with Nichols, Paxton LaFont inks with Nichols, and some others around the area that have gone some different places. It's always so much fun to see our local student-athletes, boys and girls, any sport, get the opportunity to play at the next level. Yesterday was a really happy day and a, a day that made a lot of people in our area very proud. Yeah, I'm happy for those guys, and you know, you certainly hope it all works out. You hope that they have, uh, in, in me, and I'm, I guess I'm being sort of pie in the sky with it, and a lot of people are going, come on, man, that's not what it's about. But to me, it is. Those guys have a chance to get a college education. Yep. That, to me, is like the big thing. I realize a lot of people are saying, man, those guys got a chance to make some money. Uh, you know, maybe, but that's that. if you're going – to do this to make money, you're missing the big picture because the big picture is offering you a way to get an education for the rest of your life. So, yeah, I ain't no doubt that I'm uh, really excited about that. I will say, you know, between the portal and everything else that goes along with it and having two signing days now, I, it, it, it's lost a little bit of its luster for me. But on the flip side of that, you're excited that these kids are all getting the opportunity. And, I, you know, I think probably, especially for the smaller schools, Nickel State, you know, schools like that around the state of Louisiana that are getting the Tallinn Billiard, excuse me, the Tallinn uh, Bingham type kid, uh, you, you hope that they do well in this. And uh, I think Nickel certainly did. I had the opportunity to call the uh, – the game uh, with the kid from Turlins Catholic. And when I heard they got him, I was really surprised. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the Welsh kid, I did call and, and say, wow, what a great pickup. I'm excited that y'all got this kid. And uh, the response I got was, is, you know, they were in the running to get uh, Parker Fulgham, the kid who was at Evangel. And he kind of backed out 
And I think that sort of paved the way to get the Welsh kids. So I think that's certainly a good pickup for Nickel State. Look, man, we were just talking about, uh, you know, you were saying the portal and NIL and different things like that. Uh, I mentioned earlier today and then also yesterday, it's extremely impressive in today's day and age of the portal, of kids picking their colleges with a million hats on the table and, you know, flipping on signing day. And LSU had no drama yesterday. They had 27 commitments. They got 27 signees. They got everybody that was in the born, and now they're all, you know, covered up in the born. Everything's okay there. They're also one of the few teams in the country that does not have a starter in the transfer portal. It looked like Sage Ryan would be the exception. He's now announced that he's coming back. And, man, look, in today's day and age of everything being crazy and so unpredictable, to have that stability I think is a big old feather in Coach Brian Kelly's cap. You know, there's probably a yin and yang to everything, right? You got Jaden Daniels who wins a Heisman, and everybody's going, oh, my God, he won a Heisman, and look at the kind of defense he had at LSU. Nothing. The flip side of that is, is he probably got to stay on the field a whole lot more because <laughs> of that defense. So when I look at what LSU did, I'll look at it in two ways. The first way is I'll run down the list and I sort of go, okay, you know, it's not five-star studded or anything. It's not, it's not superstar studded. But the part that I really like is, is that I think you have to have kids that are totally vested into your university that want to be there. Not, they're not going there necessarily for the NIL money. They're not going there because they think they could be a one-and-done or whatever the case may be related to the sport. They're going there because they want to be at that place. That's what I think LSU got. I think that's what's kind of neat about this. I think when you know a guy like Malik Neighbors came out, he was good, and we knew he was good, but he wasn't your five-star, super-stug kind of guy. And I think they got a lot of maybe Malik Neighbors-type people. You know, and, and I think that's awesome. And I think that uh, I'm excited about that part of it probably more than anything, that you have some Louisiana guys who want to compete and, and do well. Because I understood, uh, I was listening this morning to one of the talk radio shows that said, last year, if you put a pin in Baton Rouge and you spread it out, the average distance of the signee that went to LSU last year, that, that signed with LSU last year, was 470-something miles, right? Mm -hmm. This year, if you put a pin on Baton Rouge, the average distance of the kids who signed at LSU is 100 and I think it was 70 miles from Baton Rouge. So that's telling me it's a tighter, you know, scope, and I, I like that. I think that that's going to work out really well uh, for LSU in the future. No, I do like that. That's a great stat. Um we're approaching the college football playoff season. Um, I don't know who's going to win the college football playoff. I think we've actually got a little bit of parity there. Alabama and Michigan is going to be New Year's Day. Texas and Washington is going to be New Year's Day. Do you have a favorite? Do you have a team that if that you like maybe more than the others? I think it's pretty open. I mean, Texas has already beaten Alabama. Washington's undefeated. Michigan has looked really good. Do you have a favorite? Any team that stands out to you? A favorite? That's interesting. I've never really thought about this. I guess just from the standpoint of maybe I don't think that they have the ability to build a dynasty because I hate dynasties, right? 
listen, I respect Alabama. Don't get me wrong. And I would take Nick Saban as my head coach in, 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 at any time. But I don't like that they sort of have that dynasty. So maybe, maybe Washington. That would be kind of neat just to see what. Do you know the other thing is I like Washington and Michigan because of what we saw yesterday. Michigan and Washington are never going to be in the top ten in recruiting. But, boy, they're going to make it work. And I think they are sort of an example of the kind of class that LSU has this year. Uh, so, yeah, not, and, and again, I, I don't want to deal. Because, listen, if Michigan wins it all, we're going to have to deal with whether they were cheating. And, <laughs> you know, there's, there's going to be a big halo over it all. If Texas wins, I'm scared that Texas, with all of the money they have, they probably could start a dynasty. So, yeah, I think I'll stick with Washington because I think once Phoenix is going from Washington, I think they just sort of become, you know, an average team that we may not see uh, as one of the final four uh, finalists probably for some time. The Saints are playing tonight against the Rams. They've won two games in a row. Um, the first of the two games was against Carolina, and they really, frankly, didn't look very good. But I thought that they actually played pretty well on Sunday against the Giants. Your defense was getting some pressure on the quarterback. Derek Carr was more efficient. They won 24-6. to Now it's a big step up in class, though. The Rams are much better than either of those two teams. You're going across the country. You're playing at their place. Um, Matthew Stafford is far and away a better quarterback than Tommy DeVito or Bryce Young. What are you expecting from New Orleans today? Brian and I are pessimistic. We don't think the Saints are going to win tonight. What say you? Uh, I'm with you. I don't expect very much. One, you just said it. It's a better team. Two, it's a Thursday night game where you're traveling basically halfway across the country. Well, actually, more than halfway across the country. Uh, I realize that the Rams don't have the biggest following in the world, and we may very well see lots of black jerseys in the stands, but I, I, in the in the stadium. But I, I don't think that that's going to matter too much. I, I don't see how the Saints can get it done. I really don't. Uh, I, I would be very surprised. And I would be very, I would be very obviously happily surprised if they would win this game because then it would lead me to believe that they could win the final two. But uh, no, I think sort of our <laughs> this is on horror. I think our misery comes to an end tonight. I think <laughs> I think it's done. I think because after this one, I think it's probably Tampa Bay's uh, division to win it all. So uh, no, I'm with you two guys. I, I can't see how they can win this. Yeah, man, it, it, it's tough. It's going to be a very tough matchup. You got to guard some really good receivers, and you know you're going to their place, the short travel, and everything. Uh, people are, seem to be on the fence about this, right? The people um, are asking whether or not Dennis Allen will get a third season, and some people say, "Hey, you know, this is an organization that wants stability." Others are saying, "Hey, this is an organization who just played the easiest schedule in the NFL. They should be, you know, eleven and four right now, or whatever the record would be." Um, do you think that Dennis Allen, if he makes the postseason, is going to lock himself into a third year? Yeah, if he makes the postseason. Anything less than that, I would say it's really suspect. I mean, if if Arthur Smith is under the uh, microscope and on the hot seat in Atlanta and Carolina got rid of their guy in the middle of the year and, you know, there's a situation in Tampa Bay where they're not totally disappointed, but remember, they had a wholesale, you know, after Tom Brady left, I don't see how the Saints couldn't be, you know, how Dennis Miller couldn't be looked at as being suspect for the future. I, 
So, yeah, I would say it, it bottom line is he makes playoffs, he, he's going to be around. That would mean that they would win their final three games. And look, they've only won two games, and it's like you mentioned, the win over Carolina was like, I, it's hard to like wrap your head around that that was even a win, much less a win that was almost by 20 points or 20 points or more. The one last week, yeah, I agree with you, was a little bit better. But if they win three in a row, even you and I and Brian are probably not talking about Dennis Allen being gone, you know, at the end of the season. So, yeah, I don't see any way that he would be gone if he gets into the playoffs. If he does not get into the playoffs, I would imagine you've got to hear some kind of rumblings out of New Orleans. So let me ask you this. I see a headline here on ESPN.com, and you may not know any answers to this, and if so, feel free to, to you know just kind of duck the question. But the Vikings are changing their playing surface from artificial turf to a more natural surface, and they are citing injury data as the reason why they're making that move. They think it's safer. You guys over at Terrebonne General have a team of athletic trainers, and we have all pretty much switched to exclusively turf locally with the exception of a few schools here and there. Have we seen more ankle sprains and different things? Like, Is the turf making a difference in terms of injuries? Because in the NFL, they're convinced that it is. At the high school levels, have you seen any more or any less of anything since we've made that change? No, it's better. It's better, but there's a huge difference. Obviously, they have guys who can go manicure a field yeah. gym, right? They got guys who are going to be out there with, you know, tweezers and, and a pair of scissors cutting grass to where here that we just don't have the people to do the maintenance on the field. Vanderbilt Catholic still got a turf field. Uh, Homer Christian's got a turf field. And quite honestly, between those two turf fields, I think there's a little bit. And when I say turf, I should say natural college. turf, yeah. That natural turf. Those two fields actually have a difference to them. Uh, there's a little belly in Homer Christian's field that causes, when they get rain, for it to really slop up in the middle, and it can cause a few more problems. Because what happens is, is if you don't roll that field after rain and all the old coaches in the area are like shaking their head, just going, yep, you've got to roll your field. If you don't and you play a game in the muck, then that stuff drives really hard, and the next day you have turned ankles just at practice. So I, I can see Minnesota doing it from the standpoint where they're going to have the money to manicure the field. Uh, I've, I've, saw, I've seen stats even on the professional level like the turf fields, especially the pellet fields, are actually not bad for you, even though people are saying and doing these things to get back to the natural turf. But, yeah, that's a difference. That's, listen, I've heard a guy in Terrebonne Parish, you, you guys will get a chuckle out of this. We were talking about this about seven years ago. Man, there, there needs to be turf fields in Terrebonne Parish. Boy, LaFouche is getting ready to do it. We need to have turf fields. And the guy said, I don't understand that because LSU doesn't have a turf field. Why do we need a turf field? And we just wanted to turn and look at the guy and go, so are you, and this was a person who was in our school system in the central office, and we wanted to say, yeah, well, if you shell out a couple of million dollars a year to get somebody to maintain the field, then okay. But if not, you, you almost have to do this at the high school level. Yeah, no, I tend to agree. Look, Jaden Daniels will not be playing the bowl, the Reliquest Bowl. Um, I've said on this show, and dude, it, it, it sounds it sounds wrong to say it the way that I'm going to say it, but you're going to understand what I'm saying. And I think most LSU fans do too. Kind of glad that he's not playing, right? I mean, I would have loved to see Jaden Daniels play another game. He's the Heisman Trophy winner. He's so explosive. He's so exciting. But 
he's not going to be your guy next year. And I think LSU needs the full game's worth of the Nussmeyer project to see what you got. You get to see with a month of planning and installing a new offense. Like, as much as I would have loved to see Jaden play again, I don't need to see him beat Wisconsin. But I do need to see Garrett Nussmeyer beat Wisconsin because if he can't, then maybe you got to go in the portal and get a little depth there. Like, I, I really think that this is going to end up being a net positive for LSU. Agree. I am a grumpy old man. I am old school. I'm grumpier than Brian is grumpy, right? I'm hey, no. grumpy. I'm, I'm grumpy. But I would say this about the situation as far as LSU in the bowl game. It's the best case scenario they possibly can have. I think everybody else playing is kind of cool. I think that Jane Daniels not playing is probably very smart on his part. And I think the opportunity to see Nussmeyer play is extremely smart. So I think it works out really, really well. The one area I, I, I hope that Brian and I agree with this, where you may not agree with it, Casey. If Malik Neighbors plays, I hope he plays. If Malik, Malik Neighbors plays, how many yards does he need to like break that record? Like 23 or something. If he gets in one play and catches a 24-yard pass and he sets a record and then he doesn't play again in that game, I hate that. Yeah. I think that's sort of a force. I don't, I, don't, I don't think you should do it. And I don't think that Malik Neighbors probably wants to do that. I think he'd want to help his team win. But if you're using the game for that, I don't like that. But if he goes and he just balls out and he plays well, you heard that? I just said balls out. But if he does really well and, you know, he, he does everything, I think that's awesome. So, yeah, I think it's the best-case scenario. Did you see the one? Just got to throw this in there real quick. Did y'all see the kid who played for Western Kentucky? I, I did not. I did not. What, what happened there? So, I, I didn't see the game, to be fair, but they played, uh, who is it? Old, Old Dominion, yes, sir. Bowl game, right? Western Kentucky is down by 28 in the game. Their, Western Kentucky's starting quarterback opts out because he's finished and he wants to try and make it in the NFL. So, he opts out of the game. They go to their backup. Their backup is looking horrible, right? The third-string quarterback at Western Kentucky decided like three weeks ago or whenever the portal first opened, I'm going in the portal. I, I, so they, they said, okay, you can go in the portal. You're a third-string quarterback. We don't care. You can go in the portal. And he does, but he doesn't leave the team, and he goes with him to this bowl game. He's got to play. He plays. He throws for 400 yards, five <laughs> touchdowns, brings them back from a 28 to nothing <laughs> deficit in the game to win the game, and the kid is in the portal and is not going back to Western Kentucky next year. My God. Look, I'm reading up on it now. It says that he was told by the coaching staff that if he stayed at Western Kentucky, he'd be converted to a tight end. think they might need to re re oh. rethink that decision. He was 40 of 52 with five touchdowns. He had 40 completions? I didn't even realize that. 40 completions, man. <laughs> That's unbelievable. So, can you imagine how many guys across the country are just not – it almost makes you think, this is crazy, man. This is like you just didn't have that opportunity. But then again, I guess that is uh, – that gives the portal a little credibility, I guess. I bet you Western Kentucky is trying to get him out of the portal now. Yeah, yeah no, no kidding, man. Well, look – we thank you so much for the time, man. Enjoy the rest of your day. It was a pleasure, as always. Look forward to Saturday, my man.
Thanks. Y'all take care. Thanks for having me on. Yep, that is Stan Gravel doing an excellent job. I was not aware of that story. That is one hell of a story. Caden Veltkamp of Western Kentucky. Third stringer in the portal was told, hey, if you come back, you're welcome to come back, but we're moving you to tight end, baby. 40 of 52, 383, five touchdowns, one interception. They rally from 28 nothing down, win 38-35 in overtime. How dumb you think that coach feels yeah. right now <laughs> over at Western Kentucky? So what? Uh, never mind. I was just messing with you. Come back. Be our quarterback. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see if he comes back. 40 and, completions. And Luke didn't play the whole game. He, they, they were going with the other guy for at least a drive or two. Uh, they didn't even play the whole game. Gets 40 completions. Wow. 383 and a Western Kentucky overtime win over Old Dominion. But, oh, there's too many bulls. <laughs> no, there's not too many bulls. There's not enough bulls, darn it. Let's catch a break when we get back. We'll talk about the Saints and the Rams. <sighs> no. So be a tough matchup for New Orleans tonight, but a huge matchup tonight for New Orleans. We'll lay out the stakes and tell you what we think about the game. It's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this. Celebrating 75 years in business, Danos has been setting the standard for generations. Become a part of something bigger and join the team. We're currently hiring for drivers, warehousemen, riggers, crane operators, and forklift operators to work out of Port Fouchon. So apply now at danos.com or call 1-833-GO-DANOS. Great jobs, great people. That's Danos. The deputies of the Lafouche Parish Sheriff's Office remind you to designate a driver if you plan to drink this holiday season. By driving impaired, you endanger others as well as yourself. Designate a driver anytime you plan to drink. Have a safe and happy holiday season. From the Lafouche Parish Sheriff's Office. Remember, water safety isn't just for the summer months. Water safety is a year-long commitment to our family and friends as well as our community. A few safety tips to remember. Be mindful of children when there is any water around, whether it be pools, ponds, lakes, bathtubs, or the bayou. Keep all bodies of water secure with fences, gates, and covers when not in use. Drowning does not discriminate. It happens to people of every age and swimming ability. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year from the Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation. Calvin Braxton Ford is your brand new car dealer in Lockport, Louisiana. They cannot wait for you to stop in and take a look at their big town inventory and small town prices. Schedule your test drive today and let one of their trained sales staff help you every step of the way. Their skilled management team ensures that you'll have a phenomenal experience, whether it be sales, service, parts, or financing. Ford, the number one brand in America. Stop by today. Today at Calvin Braxton Ford, 5878 Highway 1 in Lockport. Wrestling has more than one royal family. Welcome back to Play by Play. We thank Stan Gravoff for his time in the last segment. Did a great job as always. We thank Coach Cornell Scott for his time earlier in the show. Did a great job as always. Um, now we talk about the New Orleans Saints who are going to be taking on the Los Angeles Rams tonight on Amazon Prime Video, which if you don't have Amazon Prime Video, uh, but you either got cable or rabbit ears or whatever it may be, the game will also be on WDSU Channel 6 tonight. Uh, the Saints are traveling across the country, taking on a Rams team that is also 7-7 seven and seven like they are. The Saints have some guys out. Um, Ramchak is out. Peyton Turner's out. You know, the usuals, uh, Thomas and Lattimore are out. Um, some guys on the IR. They are going to get Chris Olave back tonight, which will give the the weaponry a little bit of a shot in the arm. 
But here's the thing, man. You're facing a Rams team that's coming in playing some really good football. They have won four out of their last five. And frankly, the competition that they have played lately is vastly superior to that of New Orleans. They beat Washington last week. Whatever, that's not a great win. The week before that, you go to Baltimore and almost beat the Ravens, losing overtime via a crazy punt return, like some fluke stuff happened. You were every bit as good as maybe the best team in the NFL on the road, lose 37-31. You beat the Browns decisively, 36-19. You play Arizona, and it's 37-14. You blow them out. You play Seattle, and it's 17-16. You get a win there. They have been more battle-tested lately than New Orleans has. Um This is going to be one of the better quarterbacks that you will have seen all season. Matthew Stafford has had a bounce back here. He's got 3,220 yards passing, 21 touchdowns, 9 interceptions. This will be the best receiving core that you will have faced all year with Cooper Cup and Nakua and all those guys out there. It's going to take a really strong effort from New Orleans today to go on the road, short week of rest, beat up team. And I said it earlier in the week, and I mean it, if New Orleans does win tonight, They could silence a lot of the naysayers and a lot of the haters, myself included. I just think that they've got a lot of stuff pulling against them. I think they could, frankly, play pretty well tonight and still lose because I just think they got a lot of energy going against them. The Rams need the game every bit as much as they do. It's going to be a big old uphill climb tonight for New Orleans out in Los Angeles. Yeah, can the Saints win tonight? Sure, they can. But if you look at the body of works over the season so far, like you were saying, the Rams were much more battle-tested than the Saints. And the Saints, I mean, lost to some bad teams that had no business losing to. And the Saints are not very good on offense. I mean, oh, we have the weapons. When it's all together, it's going to be a beautiful thing. And <laughs> give me a break, man. Look, they're not... Now, they can come out tonight if they try and throw the ball down the field and attack the defense. Maybe they can move the ball a little more and score. And can they win? Is the NFL? Sure you can. But I I just – I don't see – I have not been impressed with the Saints for for a while. Just their their way they play. I know you're not a huge fan of the guy, but I'll ask you, and I think that you'll answer the way that I I think you're going to answer. Who's a better coach, Dennis Allen or Sean McVay? Oh, Sean McVay. And I and I don't think he's very good. But, um, yeah, just with the schedule they played. I mean, they competing. Yeah, yeah you got to go McVay. I think it's McVay, and I don't think there's any question about that. Who's the better quarterback, Matthew Stafford or Derek Carr? Stafford. I don't think there's any question about that either. Who's got better weapons, Cooper Cup and Nakua or Olave and the Seven Dwarfs? Oh, yeah, the Rams. Who's got the better defensive line? The defensive line with Aaron Donald on it? Like, you you start breaking down the position groups. I think the Rams have a better roster. I think they have a better quarterback. They're at home. They have a better coach. They are playing better lately coming in. Like, a lot of the things add up to Los Angeles winning tonight. Vegas doesn't think that it is going to be as lopsided as I maybe think that it's going to be. Vegas only has the Rams favored by three. Um but I don't know. I think it's going to be tough for New Orleans. Here's the thing. Here's the trap that New Orleans has fallen into in a lot of games like this. They, when they played Minnesota, fall behind big, battle back, come up short. 
Played Jacksonville, fell behind, battled back, come up short. Atlanta, fall behind, try to come back. Detroit, same thing. You've got to show up today ready to play because if you fall behind 17-3, to 21-3, and you're trying to rally in the second half against these guys, Aaron Donald is going to plant your quarterback on his ass. He's going to throw interceptions. you got to win the first quarter tonight because you're not going to be able to play, in my opinion, from behind multiple scores like you've been doing all year. No. Got to show up from day one or second one ready to go. They got to play four quarters tonight because they can come out and look good for three quarters and have a lead going into the fourth quarter. They can have a 14, 20-point lead going into the fourth quarter. If they don't play a good fourth quarter, they're getting beat because the Rams can come and score quick, and I, I, you can just see the Saints uh, just the air getting out of taken out of them. I, they need to play four quarters tonight to, to have a chance to win this game. Okay, so you've told me in private, I don't think we ever discussed this on the air, you told me that you think next week the Bucks are going to beat New Orleans decisively. Yes. If the Saints beat the Rams on the road tonight, would your opinion of that change? Do you think that they would have a better chance to beat Tampa Bay next week in what could maybe be a winner-take-all game for the South? No. So you're you're locked in on Tampa Bay winning the South? Yeah. Be very interesting. Was Tampa Bay's got the Jaguars coming in, and Tampa Bay's actually a two and a half point favorite in that game. The Jags are beat up, man. They've got a bunch of injuries. This could be a huge swing if New Orleans loses tonight, and Tampa could get a victory over the Jags. You're starting to draw dead pretty quick. But on the flip side to that, if you beat the Rams and the Jags beat the Bucks, then you're a game up and you're looking really good and. Huge 48 oh, hours here for New Orleans yes. and Dennis Allen. I think you win tonight. I think your chances are like 70, 75%. You can make the playoffs. Because, and no, depending on, you can still get a wild card. You got to win tonight. You yeah. win tonight. That knocks the Rams a, a game behind. And you would have a tiebreaker, which is something the Saints don't have that, a lot of. So that would, that would certainly help a whole lot, too. Then, I mean, Seattle coming back and winning, that hurt them. But if they can lose a couple or one, the Saints can can have – I mean, it'd be close. If you don't win your division, you still get a wild card. But I, I just think Tampa Bay, they're receiving – their receivers are just too much for the Saints to handle. I think they'll pick them apart, even even with uh, Baker Mayfield quarterback. Is Baker Mayfield better than Derek Carr? God. He's certainly got better stats. Yeah, I – Man, I I would say yes because I don't think Carr is very good. Would you have preferred to sign Baker Mayfield on the extremely cheap, almost veteran minimum deal that Tampa did than the $150 million that Derek Carr oh, got? Well, looking back, of course. Man, that's it's crazy. Tampa Bay was thought of as just like a throwaway team. Everybody just assumed that they were going to be in last place. Oh, Brady's gone, you know. Mayfield has played really well, and I said this early in the year. I said when they were 2-0, and like, hey, I think this team's really good. Now, they got humbled a little bit after that, and they were 4-7 and at one point, and it was looking like I was a dummy. But they've won three in a row, beating Carolina, beating Atlanta, beating Green Bay. They still got the Super Bowl weapons. They still got Mike Evans. They still got Godwin. They still got all those pieces in place. All they needed was their quarterback to not be terrible. And Baker Mayfield hasn't been terrible. 24 touchdowns, 8 interceptions. They're running the ball well. And in a lot of ways, and God, this is going to sound sacrilegious to even say this, 
But in a lot of ways, he does some stuff for their offense that even Tom Brady couldn't do. Because when the pocket broke down on Brady, Brady was dead. When the pro- the pocket breaks down on Mayfield, he could get out and he could run a little bit. Hell, when they played New Orleans the first time, how many times did it look like Mayfield was in jail and was going to get sacked yeah. and he just stepped up and ran? And In a lot of ways, he does some things that even Brady can't do, and it, it's been extremely impressive. I'm with you. I think they're the best team in the NFC South. I think that they're going to beat the Jags on Sunday, and I think that they got a chance to, to put themselves in a great spot this coming weekend. Yeah, because the Saints are – Tonight is going to be tough. Man, I hope they can pull it out, but it, it's going to be tough for them. If it comes down to a field goal, do you trust Blake Groupie? No way. Look, some games, his extra points, he barely <laughs> sneaks it in. Uh, uh, no. Is Blake Groupie going to be your kicker next year? Yes. <laughs> I love yeah. I love the the pessimism. It's not just you. I'm not laughing at you. Uh, Everybody feels the same way. Everybody's now of the opinion, and I, me included, that Dennis Allen's saving his job right now, and that there's going to be very little, if any, changes to this roster. Um, well, it's like I deserve to be laughed at. Still trying to believe in this team. <laughs> I deserve to be laughed at. It's like wake up, man. Just but. It's 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 gonna be frustrating. At least we won't sit, be sitting in front of a TV tonight watching it. No, you're right. We're gonna be uh, we're gonna be at Thibodeau. Um, we want to thank Thibodeau so much for hosting us tonight. We're gonna be watching them play Jesuit. Uh, <laughs> which game's gonna be closer, Thibodeau and Jesuit or the Saints and the Rams? Yeah, look, yeah. <laughs> Thibodeau's gonna keep this game yeah, close tonight. I, I think early on for sure. Uh, they um and if. They can hit some shots. They'll keep this game competitive. My Cowboys are traveling to take on the Miami Dolphins. Again, man, it it sounds like I'm being a schmuck every week when I say, oh, the Cowboys are in the biggest game of the week. They are. Last week, they and Buffalo was the biggest game of the week. This week, the same thing. They're playing Miami on the road. It's probably the biggest game of the week. It's Fox's America's game of the week. Um, The Cowboys are a one-point underdog. They lost decisively to the Bills. The Dolphins are a completely different style of team. The Dolphins are not going to really want to run it down your throat. They're going to want to get on the outside and throw long passes and um, stretch the field. That kind of more suits Dallas's play a little bit. Maybe go get some pressure on Tua Tagovailoa. Can my Cowboys go on the road and win uh, on Sunday? I I don't know, man. They, on the road, they have been. I've never seen a team. Usually, teams are better at home than on the road. But usually, it's not anything like this. The Cowboys blow out everybody at home. And frankly, get blown out on the road usually. Um, can we beat the Dolphins on the road? Sunday? Look, I think the Cowboys are going to come into this game very focused because they want to prove a lot of people wrong. So oh, they get crushing on the road, and they are, but they're not a good team on the. I think the Cowboys are going to be focused for this game here, and it'll be a close game, but. Man, I, I just it's hard to slow down. Yeah, Miami. I just think the Dolphins might have a little bit too much. Hard to slow down Miami. I, and I, by the way, I misspoke. My apologies. The Cowboys and the Dolphins is not the game of the week because I didn't scroll all the way down the schedule. We have what could potentially be a Super Bowl matchup on Monday Night Football, um, Christmas night. Oh my goodness! Hopefully everybody uh, finishes opening up their gifts and is around the TV at seven fifteen. Christmas night, we got the Ravens and the 49ers, the two teams with the two best records in the NFL. That one's in San Francisco. I often say 
I don't believe in Lamar Jackson as a championship-level quarterback. I don't like the way he plays the position. I don't like the guys that are run first and can't stand in the pocket and make a big throw in third and eight. I don't think that's what wins in the playoffs. But if they beat San Francisco on the road, it's going to be, you'll just glare, close your mouth about them Ravens because they got a chance to make a big statement. Vegas thinks the 49ers are going to win. They're a, 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 oh, easy for me to say. They're a touchdown favorite. Um, what do you make of that one? I think the 49ers got a chance to put it on them, but the Ravens got a chance to silence a lot of haters, me included. Yeah, I think the 49ers at home, close game. I think the Ravens will keep it close. I don't think it will be a blowout, but um, I think the 49ers are a better team. Brock Purdy's going to win MVP? No. Vegas thinks he is. Who do you think is going to win it? McCaffrey. I think McCaffrey should win it. I said that yesterday. I think he should win it. Do you think Brock Purdy with any other team besides for San Francisco would be doing what he's doing right now? No. You think he put Purdy with the Saints? Be better. But, well, probably not. Not in that scheme that they run. Third and seven is through a one-yard pass. Kamara, make somebody miss. Nope. This punt. <laughs> I love your optimism for the New Orleans offense. I just love what Dennis Allen has brought out in you, sir. It's, it's a wonderful it's look. It's been that way all year. Rams are a three-point favorite. Are the Rams going to cover tonight? Yeah. I think so, too. I think they're, in fact, as we slide into the betting picks to close out the show, the Rams minus three and a half is, is my first pick. I think they're going to win by a touchdown. I think New Orleans is going to fall behind early. They're going to have to abandon the run game, and I think Aaron Donald and those pass rushers are going to force turnovers. They're going to go and hit Carr. This is a lot to ask, dude. You go all the way from New Orleans, Louisiana, to Los Angeles. No off days after the Sunday game. You're already beat up. That's a lot to ask. And by the way, I had someone say, well, you know, the Rams, it's a short rest game for the Rams, too. The Rams were at home on Sunday. They're not traveling at all. If the Rams would have been playing at Washington on Sunday and would have had to fly back to L.A., yeah, hey, that, that's fair game. But the Rams were at home. They're not having to travel. They've got more rest. That, to me, is one of the differences. Also tonight, betting pick-wise in the NBA, I'm going over 227.5 for the Pels and the Cavs. The Pelicans don't play defense, man. I, I think that one's going to go over. I also like over 228.5 for the Spurs and the Bulls. Man, they're begging me to take this one. The Clippers are a four-and-a-half-point underdog tonight. I'm not going to touch it because i got a feeling that they might have a couple of their guys out, that that number's that way. Uh, I like the Bucks minus eight over the Orlando Magic tonight, and I'll give you some college basketball, and then we'll get out of here on this Thursday show. Louisville's terrible. Kentucky's going to beat them minus 13 tonight. I like Kentucky to get a win there. Got a lot of day college basketball games today. I don't know why that is. We got a lot of games like 2 and 3 p.m. It's kind of interesting. Um, UNO's playing Ohio State. I'm not picking that one either way. Going over 147.5 for Purdue and Jacksonville. Purdue's going to score 100 themselves. Um, so I like that one there. And that's pretty much all for me. Looking at the list, there's not a whole lot. Oh, no, I'll take Houston over 125.5 against Texas State. Uh, so that wraps us up here for today. We want to thank Stan Gravois for the time. What you got? So, you were telling me, let me clear some of this stuff up. You were telling me that the Saints will not be well rested. No. So all this year we had a 
rested Derek Carr. Imagine how bad the and tonight he will not be well rested. Imagine how bad Folks, that's going to be. Bet, <laughs> get your bets in. Yeah, could be one of those nights. If the Rams are a three and a half point favorite, I think that they'll cover Ooh. that. Um, look, dude, I don't like Sean McVay and Matt Stafford. If New Orleans wins tonight, hey, that would be that would actually be pretty good. I just don't see it. There's a lot pulling against them tonight. There's a lot of disadvantages playing on the road on Thursday nights, and uh, I'll be pulling for the Saints, but. Hmm. It's a big weekend for them, dude. It's a big weekend for Dennis Allen. It's a big weekend for the organization. You could either grab control of the division or you could let it slip through your fingers. Based on the five, six years that I've seen Dennis Allen be a head coach, I know which one I'm picking. Um, (laughs) But we'll see. That's why the games are played on the field. Thanks to everybody for listening. Have a wonderful rest of the day. We're at uh, Thibodeau High School tonight. Watching Thibodeau play Jesuit. That starts at 6? I think JV at 6. Okay, JV at 6. We'll be live around 7-ish. And then tomorrow we've got the Tarpons and Ellender right here on KLEB. Let's thank the Blue Boot Foundation so much for their support. Golden Motors, where price is priority located on Highway 32, 35, and Cutoff. And Dufresne Building Materials. Experience the Dufresne difference with eight locations in Cutoff, Thibodeau, Belchase, Luling, Slidell, Araby, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. For Coach Brian Colley, this is Casey Jessler wrapping up. Have a wonderful rest of the day. God bless you guys. You're listening to KLEB, 1600 AM and K274 DE, 102.7 FM, Golden Meadow.